0: Osiris. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris connects people like you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out Osirispod.com and sign up for the newsletter to stay in the loop about new podcasts and events. And don't forget to check out the new Leftover Salmon record,
1: Something Higher.
2: to episode 79 of the bluest tape i'm harvey couch alongside jeff Kola, and thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of widespread panic and uh, happy new years everybody jeff we made it to 2019 somehow
3: we made it to 2019. I don't know if we'll make it out at this rate, but uh, <laughs> I, will tell, I will tell everybody at home, it does seem like our recording, you know, we don't record every week. We do tend to do these in bunches. And uh, it seems like the on the... Every other week, every second or third week, whatever it is, we get together. There's always some like massive national crisis like afoot when we do these things. It,
2: uh, just... I really don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it, it is just literally there, happening constantly. And so, no matter <laughs> when we record, there's always a, some sort of craziness happening.
3: Yeah. Well, someday, someday, maybe we we'll. By the time we get to episode, you know, one. 77 or something like that it'll it'll clear up Hmm.
2: um so uh how was how was the new year celebration in uh in Town? did you guys have a good time
3: uh rocking rocking as ever uh Yeah. yeah oh you know just sort of the usual of hanging out with friends and putting the kids to bed early and struggling to stay up to watch the uh Ball drop and watch Jenny McCarthy awkwardly kiss Donnie, uh, Donnie Wahlberg. And, uh, and then that was, uh, really it. And then following along with the panic set lists or set list and sort of, you know, I guess that is sort of the new year's tradition, right? Sitting there at 11 o'clock, at least 11 o'clock in central time zone and <laughs> watching the set list and see what they played.
2: Let me ask you as a, uh, uh, did you have any uh, any uh, any FOMA? Any you know any jealousy for? Not that you would have been there, but you know, or, or was there anything that happened during the run in Atlanta that that you were sad to have missed?
3: Um, I don't get sad that I miss things anymore like I used to. Obviously, but I will say that uh, the set lists the second set from the first night was pretty strong looking on paper. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was that, that, that made my ears perk up a little bit. And that was the first thing I went and listened to. Um, and we're going to play, um, some segments from all three shows and, but actually nothing from the second set, but that's, that set list is pretty strong. And I thought it was pretty well played. I thought the first night was the best of the three shows personally, from what I heard on tape. Um, but I was not there, so I'll defer to the experts that were in the field, so to speak. Um, How about I
2: you? I guess this is. Did
3: you, did you have FOMO, Harvey?
2: Um, not especially, although you know, we. I was pretty close to going to just New Year's Eve uh, with my wow. wife. Like I, I had. T- well, I mean, like three months ago, like I, I had tickets in my cart wow. when they went on sale for the third night, and had a hotel room and. Um, you know, we almost pulled the trigger and decided not to. So that was, I had a little bit more investment because I knew that there was a chance that I could have been there. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, it. it's, the set list looked nice. The stuff that I heard on the live stream looked good. The things that I've listened to since then, um, it sounds like it was, you know, all in all, a pretty good run of shows. And, uh, you know, like the band, like we did, um, what was that last episode where we did our Fox theater from the nineties redux the, the band clearly has a good time when they're playing in that room.
3: Yeah. And I think it was, uh, you know, they brought back some brought back a couple things and really m- mixed some things up set list wise, um, which kept things, kept everybody on their toes, I think. And some, certainly some surprises, um, especially for the opener of the whole run, um, with vacation, um, in the opening slot for the first time ever, which is, uh, Kind of a cool thing, uh, at least mm-hmm. in terms of placement. And then, obviously, the big, the big news was the return of Waker for the first time since uh, Hauser's passing in two thousand two. So I'm going to, because uh, I'm looking at the uh, the notes on our on our sheet here, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna, oh, oh, I'm gonna open up the floor to you, Harvey, for your for your hot take on New Year's two thousand eighteen.
2: Um. Because we, well, we're talking
3: talking about segments, we're not we're not playing these. But yeah, we should we should just talk about them and get it out of the way.
2: Okay, sure. So, um, you know, I, I like the vacation opener. I think that's really uh, is a cool way to start a run. Um, I you know, I guess this will be the first of my hot takes of this run. Um, I have honestly never been a huge fan of vacation post hauser um i feel like jb does a good job but that the vacation maybe more than any other song is really missing uh mikey both on the, vo- the vocals and on the guitar um and also i think the um, the lead up to the kind of the big jam part i feel like i miss todd on that i, I feel like he's his uh, and it may be like technically a less you know, proper way to play than what Dwayne does, but it seems like uh, you know, it, was a, it was a slower buildup uh, with Nance, whereas with Dwayne, it's like he kind of turns the corner a little bit quicker. Uh, and so not to get too hypercritical on that, but those were things that sort of stuck out to me on that, um, on that vacation opener. But, uh, but like you said, other than that, I mean, the rest of that first set we're going to play a segment from is really, really good. And obviously, the second set is, as far as set list goes, you know, about as good, about as good as you can hope for uh, in a, you know, a Panic 3.1.
3: Do we want to talk about the Waker now or do we want to hold that for later in the episode?
2: Well, yeah. Why don't we wait till we get to the, uh, you know, before we get into that, sh- to the New Year's Eve show. So, um, but before we get into the, uh, to the first night um, segment, do you have anything good that you've discovered in the last few weeks to share with the f- good people?
3: Um, <clears throat> I'll share two things. Um, the best thing I received over the holidays was actually not received at Christmas, nor was it received at Hanukkah, nor it was was it received on my birthday. It was actually received uh, the day before I left home to come back to Memphis. When my parents' neighbors, uh, who also happen to be my godparents, are they're downsizing and going through some things, and the Sherry said, "Hey, I pulled out all my records. If you want to come take a look at them, Whoa. and." It's, uh, let's, I mean,
2: set, set the scene though. I mean, what are we, uh, how do you, I mean, is this like, are these neighbors that are, are these folks that were like on tour with the dead in the sixties or these more (laughs) straight, you know, you know, uh, pocket protector, Wisconsin types, just so we know what we're getting into, but, you know,
3: pocket protector, Wisconsin types. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, my dad did wear a pocket protector in his job though. Um, for a time. Um, no, these are regular old Wisconsin suburban small town folks okay. who, um, both like my parents, are both uh, grew up on farms, and whose tech and whose listening interests have always tended, trended more towards the countryside. Okay. Um, but Sherry was also a big Elvis fan. Mm. So one of the the cool things that they had were they didn't have a ton of records. The records are all in really nice shape. They're all were like, I don't think they ever took them out of the package hardly. Cause the cellophane was still on all the records for the most part. And there was nothing, you know, earth shattering in there. Um, but the cool thing that was a part of it was she hands me this stack of newspapers in a plastic bag. And said, I also, I thought you might want these too. And it was all of the national Enquirer's that, that came out in the week weeks following Elvis's death in 1977. Holy shit. (laughs) Including the one, the famous, the one with the famous shot of Elvis supposedly lying in his coffin. Mm. Um, Like it's, it's fascinating. I mean, the national Enquirer is, you know, my grandparents used to get it and I used to read it when I was a kid and I was fascinated by it, but national inquirers in the seventies, but also about all about Elvis are pretty amazing. And then it also included a copy of the uh, tell all book, Elvis, what happened, um, mm. which came out just before he, just before he died and separated three members of the Memphis mafia off, um, away from the group because they exposed too much about Elvis's life, I guess. But those are the best things I, I brought back, um, wow. from, from, uh, from, uh, the holidays. And then I also say, I'll put, I'm going to put in a plug for all the parents out there. Um, legos if you have legos in your lives harvey do you have legos in your life
2: oh yeah no and we added we added quite a bit in the last few weeks yeah um
3: i know we we, this is we're getting into we're not going to go too deep into dad talk this episode everybody but um a legos uh we got the saturn 5 rocket lego set for uh, christmas this year uh 1900 pieces um, my son and I put it together over the course of three, three nights. And uh, I will say that two things. One is being a Lego engineer has to be one of the best jobs maybe in the world because that shit is so, in, it's so cr- intuitive and creative how they put it together.
1: Mm-hmm. And you
3: just look at it like, how does this go together? Right. Like this doesn't make any sense. And then it's like, oh All my of God, a sudden it's, it's like, like there oh, it this is. This makes right. total sense. <laughs> this is brilliant um so that's one thing and then also uh, legos.com on their wa- legos.com slash ideas webpage is all the things that um lego fans set sets that lego fans have created and have posted and you can vote on them and if they get a certain number of votes within a certain amount of time then lego will consider making them as part of a set and that's what they did to make the saturn five and they've done that with some other stuff so it's a really cool website it, people are crazy creative and crazy talented in making like coming up with these things. Um, so it's even if you're not into it or don't have kids or whatever, like it's any, but you love, you played with Legos and you're a kid. It's just super fun to see what people can do. So, wow. nice. that's it. So Elvis, dead Elvis and dad talk. There you go. <laughs> Top that Harvey. Top
2: it. Um, well I'll do my best first. I want to, um, echo your recommendation from i guess it was a few weeks ago of or was it last week of uh dr death holy crap oh, yeah. that is some wild <laughs> shit oh i couldn't stop listening like i was just like the i first, know it's and honestly like the first one i could honestly barely get through i was like i like it's so intense the the medical talk I get a little queasy with that kind of stuff yes. and to hear them like talk about the details of the things that happen I was like mm. I was like I don't know if I can do this the whole way but but it kind of you know you don't really get too much more after that but um, yeah that's some that's some crazy stuff um, so I'll echo that and then my 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 other thing is uh, my recommendation is bluest tape merch what yes Yes, you heard we right. Are,
3: we are bona fide
2: <laughs> episode seventy nine. Here we are with merch. <laughs> um, so it's it's a t shirt, and we would love it if you if you felt like buying one. Um, I'm going to say probably the best way would be uh, to go to our Facebook page and. I'll just like pin the link to the top. And so if you go to our Facebook page, you can click on that and go to it. Um, It's through Teespring. It is a high high quality T-shirt. So um, they are uh, $29.99. But if I'm going to wear a T-shirt, I want a good T-shirt. And you're also supporting a good cause, which is this podcast. So um, we are... So you know we'll see how what the response is like but i think we'll maybe do hopefully a a a series of these and um we're sort of uh riffing on the traditional uh what i call ampersand t-shirts which is the uh the black t-shirt with white writing in helvetica font of like a list of four or five things with ampersands at the end of every line um But instead, we're going to do like segments from panic shows with, you know, uh, segue arrows. And so uh, our first edition is from actually the teaser episode of the podcast from July 4th, 1997 at Summerfest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So the front is uh, driving into disco to driving into breathing slow, which is sort of a uh, quintessential panic uh, segment. Although I don't think they've only done it. And this is the only time they did it, you know, in modern era was this, this July 4th, 97 Encore. Um, <clears throat> so that's on the front and on the back, it's got the date uh, and location and, you know, and the Bluest Tape website. So I um, would love it if you went on there and uh, and purchased one for everyone, to, you know, really great timing that we're going to have merch right after the holidays. <laughs> Just, after na- the just nailed it, you know, right after the holidays. So, so buy them now Maybe for, can, uh, you know, Mother's Day.
3: I think we need to get, uh, from, um, linked up with like Sherry's berries or something like that. And, uh, so we can create like a Valentine's day package with uh chocolate dipped strawberries delivered right to your house. Um, and they could do, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh Sherry's yeah. berries that that they advertise on every sports talk show. uh, And I think on every station in the country uh, during the month of February.
2: So part of the the gift basket would be the, the bluest tape t-shirt. Yes. That's a a good idea. Um, (laughs) And since, and since we're, since we're dads there, you can also actually get a, uh, a toddler version. So uh, if you want to get, if you, if you want your, your youngster to support a, uh, a super heady, you know, inside joke, panic, t uh, t-shirt, then, uh, then get one of those. So, um, so yeah, so hit the website. Uh, we'll have it on our Twitter. Um, you know, if you can't find it, shoot us an email and we'll send you a link, but, um, or you can even probably go to teespring.com and search for bluest tape or, or widespread panic or WSP and probably find it that way too. So, um, so yeah so that's my recommendation this week is to go buy a blue tape t-shirt and be the coolest coolest guy in town or gal or kid
3: Or, or kid all right or or guy kid or gal kid that's right um well very good this is exciting uh should we play music now
2: yeah let's do that um all right, so we're we're going to kick things off with the first night. We talked about the the vacation opener, and then um, followed it up with "Send Your Mind," you know, which is we talked about it in our, our traditional openers draft. I had "Send Your Mind" pretty high, and it it does seem to have this. If it's not an opener, it is often like the second song after a a good, you know, like a, a non-traditional opener. And I think that's why it was not surprising to see it right here. Um, so, uh, vacation, send your mind, uh, and then up all night, walk on, walk in. Uh, and then we pick things up as they finish out the first set with some really, really fantastic playing, um, uh, here from the first night at the Fox. So, um, <clears throat> anything you want to mention before we get to the tunes?
3: oh, we'll chat afterwards.
2: Okay. December 29th, 2018, night one of the New Year's Eve run from the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, You are about halfway through the first set when the band gets to New Orleans Fishwater.
3: December 29th, 2018, at the Fabulous Fox in Atlanta, Georgia, night one of a three night New Year's Eve run. Uh, end of the first set uh, Fishwater into Bears Gone Fishing, into Papa's Home, back into Bears Gone Fishing. And you Back may- into Fishwater. Back into fish water. Did I not complete the sandwich?
2: Well, no, I mean, you said back into bears gone fishing. That's actually ah,
3: back into fish water. Back into fish water. Thanks. Thanks for Fish water
2: and the time. bears gone fishing and the Papa Zoom and the fish water.
3: Thank you for the live fact checking on that. It's the first yeah, mistake anytime. I've made on this show, everybody. Um, yeah. But uh, we, uh, we I liked this segment. Uh, there is a note on our on our file um, about about your feelings for Bears Gone Fishing, which you've made public before. Like we you've talked about it on the show before. Um I think this version's really good. I think it's a great I think the Bears Gone Fishing pop with someone in the middle of fishwater is really strong. Um I thought this first set was really good and it's an awesome way to start the weekend in Atlanta. Um, you know, we had a oh wait here, I'll let you talk about Bears Gone Fishing, and then I'll bring up my point. So
2: you go. Okay. Um, so this was one of the segments that I actually was listening to live and <clears throat> sort of shocked me um, how much I liked it. Uh, <laughs> just because, you know, I mean, I'd be safe to say that I'm an know, uh, bears gone fishing hater. Probably might be my least favorite song in the catalog. That's probably oh. a little strong, but it is definitely on the lower, like third of Panic Originals, um, and for whatever reason, you know, it's just me. It's not them. It's me. Um, but the fishwater into Bears Gone Fishing is just so badass. The, you know, schools really leads it, um, and it reminded me a lot of the early instrumental versions of Bears Gone Fishing, which I actually do really like. Um, I like the. The groove of bears gone fishing. Um, the thing that always bugged me was the spy versus spy part. For whatever reason, like how JB sang that, I just never, just never really liked it or sp- didn't really ever speak to me. Um, <clears throat> and so then the double bonus of this version was it seemed like he it was a little more restrained. I don't know if that's how he's singing it now or if this was a, a different. Um, variation. I guess I should maybe go back and listen to some I mean I can't even imagine that I'm gonna to want to sit down and listen to more bears scon of Panic three point one, but I mean I'll try just to see. But I did actually really, really enjoy it. And then the rest of the sandwich, obviously um the the unswipt papas was nice and then the the, the fishwater reprise. So um I I really, really dug this segment.
3: Um
2: was that too hot of a take? I mean, that was no, pretty... that was
3: not hot okay. at all. Actually, all right. um, okay, I think that was just truthful. Um, all right, fair enough. I think the uh, "Spy versus Spy Babies" a Freak Show is probably one of the dumbest lyrics in the Panic Canon. I've never liked it. I like the song okay, better cool. than so you. So it's not just me. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's. I mean, the one thing about Panic that I've always gave them credit for was I don't one of the reasons I don't like fish is for fish's goofiness and silliness, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how a lot of their stuff just doesn't make sense. It's just gibberish in a lot of ways. So when panic trends that way, which is one of the reasons why I haven't liked a lot of their recent compositions, like Street Dogs for Breakfast and some of this other stuff, uh-huh. um, and Steven's Cat. Um, that's when I that's when I get like, oh, everything I used to say about this other band is now coming back on me. And again, there are a lot many of you out there that will disagree, but it's I always put that lyric in that category along with a phrase like "thought sausage" and some of these other things. But we we've, we've seen Panic take songs as instrumentals and turn them into songs with lyrics, right? Pilgrims, Revertha, uh Little Lily started as a jam. Uh, Bears gone fishing, uh, uh, action, ax- action, action Man, man. which we'll, t- we'll talk about in a second. But has Panic! ever flipped it back? Have they ever taken a song back to the instrumental? Or have they ever removed have they ever taken a song and removed a component and then carried it forward from there? Not, I mean, it's
2: That it's you, could, that you know,
3: can think of?
2: Yeah, not that I can think of. I mean, I think certainly there, there probably has been occasions where there's been a you know, a, a jam or a theme on a song, you know, where they didn't Actually, sing the lyrics, but um, as far as a, you know, going from a song with lyrics to an instrumental, um, I'm not saying that. I mean, it's possible that it could have happened. I would say more more than likely, you know, earlier uh, era. But um, do you know something I don't know, or are you just asking? no?
3: I don't. This is a we we put it to you, the listeners of the bluest tape, to to uh, let us know if you know of something that fits this category. I personally. Think it would be super cool if they took songs that, like "Bears Gone Fishing" and "Action Man," and turned them back into instrumentals occasionally. Um, although "Action Man" with words, I gotta say, has grown on me over the years, just because I do think, um, obviously, the story is awesome. Uh, yeah,
2: it is. I mean, it's, it's, I like the lyrics for yes. sure. I just don't know that I like the song better with words. Yes, but that's um, more of a statement on the original version. I think.
3: Yes. So anyway, I think it'd just be an interesting thing because we all get worked up when, oh, they played slow porch to open a show and fast porch to close a show, or they split a song up, you know, three different ways, or whatever it might be. But they've never—I don't think—they've taken a song with words and turned, like, either gone from instrumental version to word version back to instrumental, or taken a song with words and stripped the words out and taken in it into.
2: So would it would it be a situation where like? For example, porch song. When, you know, you don't know whether it's going to be a fast porch or a slow porch. It's like they play "Bears Gone Fishing." You don't know if they're going to have lyrics or not on that version.
3: Well, you are you uh, thinking you know more it's just
2: true. like a, spe- a special occasion. Maybe they just play it ly- like a instrumental version.
3: Yeah, I mean, Action Man, Action Man starts the same with or without words. "Bears Gone Fishing" starts the same with or without words. Like, just surprise right. us a little bit. Maybe mix it up every okay. once in a while. That's all. But then, would that oh. mean
2: you would be sad on those occasions when they <laughs> started singing it? You know what I mean. Like, is that? I don't no, know.
3: No, I think because again, one of the things that is great about following Panic along on Twitter, Curtis's feed, or the band's feed, or on Panic Stream, is he includes like all these little nuggets of things that'll be like first time played since such and such date. And of course it mm-hmm. makes me feel super old when it's like first time played in 250 shows and it's like 2012 and it's like, screw you. Um right. <laughs> It's just because it's amazing to think about that, you know, because when you're getting first time plays or last time plays in the late nineties or 2000, it would take you back to, you know, 97 or something. It's like, Oh yeah, I was around for that. Um, But it's always interesting to see those little nuggets. And I read those and I think, these are real, I mean, they're informative, but I find them almost, this isn't a criticism. I just find them in, insignificant
1: mm.
3: in a lot of ways um, because it's like, Oh, it's the first bloody blast since 2014. And that doesn't really resonate with me, but I just right. have laid out the reasons why it doesn't resonate with me. Um, but I think something like that, where it takes it back to, an instrumental version would be an interesting little thing and might turn some people on their heads a little bit. So yeah. we spent a lot, of, a lot of time talking about it, but I was, cause we're going to, the next segment is from the second night with uh, the action with action man. So I think that's what got me thinking about it too. Um, so I think we should play it because uh, I'm actually going to say positive things about two songs. I didn't think I was going to say positive things about it. So. <laughs>
2: um... So, uh, yeah, so they finish up, uh, up night one, obviously that massive, uh, second set and then, uh, come back with a <clears throat> show on December 30th. You mentioned they did the, the port song, um, to open and close. Uh, I listened to the tapes and I didn't get, uh, like a huge re- sense of any kind of reaction when they played the second port song, but I'd be interested to hear, Anybody that was there, you know, what, what folks were thinking when they dropped into port song again, you know? Um, but, but anyway, so um, the segment we're going to play is the, go uh,
3: ahead. I was it Curtis, I think listed it as like front porch and back porch, which I thought was pretty right. clever. I like
2: yeah. That. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm not, I think, I think it's a cool idea. I just, Oh yeah. I just curious what everybody else, thought you know what i mean um because i don't know even what i would think i mean i would be like hmm. did they either not finish it or did they not like how they played it the first time <laughs> they're going to try it again or you know or was this on purpose yeah. so um so anyway uh so we're going to play again uh, a segment from the first set they opened uh, slow porch i guess it was at the front porch it was the first part and then uh into a coal <clears throat> Uh, and then, uh, and then they pick things up here, uh, with another, um, I guess, quasi sandwich, uh, and, um, a couple of just favorite songs. So anything you want to, uh, mention before we get into it? Uh, no, okay. I'm good. That's cool.
3: That.
2: <laughs> December 30th, 2018 from the Fox theater in Atlanta, Georgia, um, This is uh, First Set, Christmas Katie. Keep us laughing.
0: Yeah, um, definitely.
2: All right. So so we come out of this with twelve thirty and then toss to the encore on twelve thirty one, then come back and wrap it up. Yes. Do
3: you want me to bring it back? I'll bring it back. <clears throat> okay. Memphis is losing at oh there it took the lead. Wow. Playing against that rough and tumble, those rough and tumble East Carolina Pirates mess all right uh you included radio child right yes okay on the on panic stream it says christmas katie action man christmas katie radio child on everyday companion it says christmas katie action man jam radio child
2: yeah i was just looking to see what uh on the Nuggs net soundboard it just says christmas katie radio child gradle so
1: Christmas yeah, I mean katie I just control,
2: Yeah, like they, just, man, they, ignore the, okay. they ignore the jam. Um okay. which I feel is like kind of harsh. I mean it seems like a pretty legit completion of Christmas katie I mean it, it's no less um or you know, it's no more uh insignificant than the Papa's Home reprise. You know what I mean? Like
3: I thought it I thought they went back into it. That's yeah. one of the segments I actually I was listening to live, and I was made even made the comment.
2: So. I mean, because they clearly didn't finish it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, that's a, yeah. As long as you you, if you consider that a companion jam to Christmas Katie, which you know, well, let's let's. What just get into it? We
3: need to talk about this on the air. <clears throat> yeah, better. Okay, out. I'll bring it back in three, two, all right. Widespread Panic at the Fabulous Fox in Atlanta. December 30th, 2018, middle of the first set, Christmas Katie, into Action Man, into what might be Christmas Katie, what might be a jam, or what might be nothing, uh, into Radio Child. Uh, we have some discrepancies between our three sources for set lists. Uh, Panic Stream lists it as a true Christmas Katie sandwich. Uh, Everyday Companion lists, lists it as Christmas Katie Action Man jam. And nugs.net, nugs.net, the official home of widespread panic soundboards available for download, uh, lists nothing. Just as a straight yeah, christmas greedy action man radio child. They ignore it all together. So I think we can yeah. agree that the ignoring it all together is the wrong course of action. Um, <laughs> I think that the panic stream version was accurate because this was the night I actually sat and listened to a show, listened to the show in my living room uh, on the stereo and show started and Christmas Katie, it's not one of my favorite songs, but I think this version was pretty good and they just charged headlong into action man. And the first thing I said to my wife was, Oh, they didn't finish the song. Like it was literally the first thing out of my mouth. And so, and again, I think i mentioned action man, which I like as an instrumental better, but, it, this was this was fun it's just a it's such a tempo tempo changer and a pace setter i think um and so i do think they went back into christmas katie or at least closed it out and harvey like you said um during the break it's not anything it's not that indifferent to the what happens at the end of papa's home which is a one one minute end right right um, yeah and they split it. and
2: which- Right. And, um, you know, and that's always, you know, that's never <clears throat> ignored, right? That's always the, the back hat is always a Papa's reprise. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, if you're going to consider the, and I do, cause I'm not a huge Christmas Katie fan, but the, what I look forward to in that song is the jam at the end. I mean, I, I enjoy that part. And so if you're going to consider that part of the song, which, you know, it was on the The uh, you know, the studio version, they play it. I mean, every single time, except I mean, maybe not the first time or two, but I mean, really, every time they've ever played that song, they play that jam at the end. So if that's part of the song, then then they clearly didn't play it when they went into Action Man. You know, they, and which is really cool. I mean, I thought that was an awesome transition because it's they're very similar. uh, You know styles the start of that christmas katie jam compared to the start of action man so that was an awesome transition and so then if that's part of the song and they come back and essentially finish it after action man then to me that's a legit christmas katie sandwich which has never been done before so i guess that's maybe why people don't know what to do with it but um yeah yeah, i i I mean i can see you know uh, i mean i'd be i'm okay with the everyday companion labeling it as a jam um because we're not quite sure what to do with it. But to me, it seems like the back end of Christmas Katie, you know, pretty straightforward.
3: Um, Harvey, do you want to tell the people what your note is about Radio Child?
2: <laughs> um, well, I think this is one of those examples uh, that I, you know, that I occasionally will struggle with when I'm listening to um, to Jimmy Panic, which is <laughs> asking myself, you know, is it possible for him to play more notes, uh, in a shorter period of time than what, than what he is playing during radio child. And I'm not sure that I know the answer. I mean, it's possible that maybe he can, but it does <laughs> seem like it does seem like he is literally playing as many notes as he possibly can. And, um,
3: you know, I, I mean, I guess things, that's
2: what I, that song calls for, but I don't know.
3: One of the things I liked about this segment, um, is following up Radio Child with Gradle, which to me is like straight up 95, 96 panic. Right. Which yeah. is, deep um, breath
2: deep breath mid deep, first set.
3: Deep, Yep. Deep breath first, you know, mid first set placement. Um it just is it just it's it's very again, it's one of those subtle things, but it's definitely a a callback to uh, the good old days. The second set for this show is really good too. I mean, a Hatfield opener is good. The Surprise Valley tie your shoes is pretty. It's pretty nice. Um, we talked about playing the Roberta into ribs and whiskey. The ribs and whiskey again. It's like I've mentioned this before. It's just shocking to me what that song has become. You know, it's just it was this this thing that JB seemingly used to just F around with. Um, on his solo stuff and showed up at sit and ski and, you know, it's become a staple and this version's 11 minutes long, um, Mm -hmm. according to panic stream. So it's just, it's remarkable that that's uh, what it's become. Um, and the encore again, pick proving porch song encore. Um, I don't Those are three songs that don't spend a lot of time together. Um, anywhere, anywhere in a set first, second or encore. So, right, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and in, in th- yeah, three song encore, which is sort of can be par for the course in Atlanta, but also three three classic songs put together in a way that maybe they haven't been before.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I am supportive. I mean, I think they did a great job. Really, all three nights with uh, setless construction. You know, I, I don't find much fault in in how they how they built these shows. Um, you know, which I think in a lot of ways is. I don't know I'd be interested to know like I imagine that they that they plan these out before the run um, <clears throat> maybe I'm wrong, but I would think you know especially how they've been doing it recently with these you know three night runs generally or you know if not a festival set then then you know uh, then setting up shop somewhere for two or three nights that they uh, you know they sort of map out the whole, the whole weekend at one just, you know, so make sure that they get the things in that they want to get in. And, um, I think that, that does lend itself to probably better, stronger, more original setless, uh, formation. Does that, that sound like a reasonable theory?
3: I think so. I mean, I think the sets all made sense. Uh, I mean, I think they, maybe not for the first two nights so much, um, but certainly I think they do for New Year's Eve, like, <clears throat> um, as we segue into the, the third and final show, um, the first sets of New Year's Eve, I think are always pretty well curated, um, based on that format that they've developed, which is either acoustic or JB seated, which he was seated this year. It was not a fully acoustic, uh, <clears throat> um, set, but it, like all the songs that are in there make sense. You've got a cover that they played thirty years ago. Shelved it, brought it back. They've got a classic song. They've got some of their best covers. Another classic, and then a new song um, that people really seem to enjoy too. Middle set maybe not so much. Are, are you
2: not? Are you not one of those people?
3: Uh, it just depends um and then the middle set the second set always in new year's i think is sort of the the, the catch-all set you don't really know what you're going to get sometimes it'll be really hot sometimes it might just be kind of meh um mm-hmm. but then the third set obviously you want to know what what they're going to come out with after the countdown and odd length sign and, and schools schools as words of wisdom and so this year obviously i think it's uh there's a there's a lot of conversation about what what they came back with in the third set but that's a long way of either answering or not answering your question but yes i do think that there is some curation that's done for their for their set lists on these on maybe not all the runs that they do but i think for uh new year's especially with the first sets but also kind of how they're gonna do the post certainly how they're gonna do the post uh countdown stuff
2: So just. Just I'm gonna just go back. Uh, let's go back to let's say um, 2013 and look at the the post midnight sh- songs for New Year's. <clears throat> okay, so 2013 at Phillips Arena is uh, burning down the house. Uh, come on, and then bust it big. That's that's the post post uh, post midnight uh, run. 2014, they they're in Charlotte. Time Warner Arena, you get the happy, happy, happy segment, mm-hmm. I like which is that. interesting. Uh, 2015, they're back to the Fox. You get uh, Ain't Life Grand, and then Heroes, Heroes. <laughs> Hard rain's gonna fall, and then uh, 2016, they're at the uh, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, and you get a disco. Little mm-hmm. help from my friends, Hopeless World, which is pretty <laughs> cool. I don't, and then.
3: What happened in 2016? I don't remember. That would result them in those talks. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Hmm. So, hmm.
2: Um, um, and then 2017, last year at the Fox, you got a uh, basically frightened you'll not to temptation. I'm so glad, which is a pretty awesome nod to the colonel. You know, after his passing earlier in 2017. So, uh, so 2018. Um, what do they decide to do? Is it your favorite post midnight segment ever?
3: I wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't go that far, Harvey. Okay. Um, All right. Um, I do, I will take issue with, with, uh, with one thing in particular, but it's not the thing you think it's going to be. Probably. I
2: I will say, um, when I first saw it kind of come up on the set list, I was like, really? Like, really? Is that, is that where, uh, you know, is that where we are now? Um, but I will say I listened to this for the first time earlier this week and I did, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought uh, it was pretty well played. It it actually sounds pretty good um, with this version of the band. Um, I think it's, it plays better than a lot of the Hauser songs do, you know? Uh, I mean, like I would probably say that the, that, that Waker fits uh, into the, you know, into the catalog better than than vacation does, honestly, like it doesn't, doesn't seem like a stretch for them to play the waker. So I thought it was cool that they brought it back and I thought it was pretty well, pretty well executed.
3: I agree. Um, I don't think it was worth the handsprings and perhaps histrionics that sort of resulted, but I think it was good. Um, but my issue and this is not just an issue with this song, but it's an issue with with just this whole thing in general is sometimes it's okay to to bring a song back that's been on the shelf for a long time, but sometimes it's not needed. And I would put long, cool woman in a black dress into the category of it wasn't needed to bring that song back um, for two reasons. One is sometimes it's just okay to play something once. And two, I just don't, have never really thought it was that, even though I was there in new Orleans in 2000, you know, it was cool at the time. Cause it was, you know, you're in the moment, but in subsequent listens, um, that's never the thing that stands out from that show, um, for me. So, um, I just, sometimes you just let sleeping dogs lie. You just leave it, you move on, you put something else in there. Um, and I don't think this was a particularly strong version of that song.
2: Well, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll disagree and then agree. Um, i I do think the version from 2000 was was pretty good not i don't think it was so good that you could never possibly match it but they definitely didn't match it this year you know it wasn't yeah well
3: sometimes you do stuff for halloween that like it's not bad but it's not like that was you know it's sort of like when they did swamp and red hot mama in uh in in superstition in 98 it was like at the time, you didn't think it, but right away when they played it again, it was like, "Okay, these make these sense. Are song, right. These make sense. Like these are all going to be rotation songs, yeah. and they deserve to be rotation songs."
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but like bringing back Soul Kitchen after putting it on the shelf for a long time, bringing back Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla. I mean, God, Godzilla is the one that I think pisses me off. Yeah. More than oh yeah.
2: There's no doubt.
3: Um just the worst because, example, or the best example. Like, but because what it was. Play a song one time and melt faces with it, and that's what they did. That version is that is it is so amazing and so good that they did. There's no way they could top it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just best to let best to let things go. So, yeah. um, and I promise everybody, we're not going to be all hot takes in 2019. We'll back to, <laughs> we're not going to be all hot takes and dad talk in 2019.
2: Probably. Let's you know, I mean, give it, give us some. Uh, you know, you know, well, this is only what the. F- this is like the fourth show, you know, fourth uh, episode we've ever done of, uh, you know, of the current state. We did the the uh, panic in the playa with Curtis, and then we did Memphis and Nashville last summer, mm-hmm. and then and then this. So
3: and then, then we'll know. do a fifth when when we uh, get your uh, report back from uh, the show in DC in March. Yeah,
2: yeah. So you know, we're we're easing our way in, but but expect us to you know occasionally be the uh the grumpy old men from the balcony because that's those are the roles that we play well.
3: And I do think that if we would have um if <laughs> if if we would have done this show four years ago or five years ago, um, it would have probably been unlistenable. Just There'd because <laughs> there would be there would be a lot more a lot anger. more anger. Yeah, yeah. about everything. So anyways um so let's Go to New Year's Eve uh, and start off with a really nice version of "For What It's Worth." A perfect opener. Um, I think it's a perfect opener. Period. But a perfect opener for for this show. In Life, Grand Genesis, Blight, Mayor Glassby, Field, Space Wrangler. Uh, great first set with uh, JB seated. Uh, second set, set Thought Sausage, Traveling Light, Please, Good People, Honky Red, which is another. Which is, I mean, again. Panic, this is, I think, the latest and uh, latest example of Panic taking a cover song and making it their own. Um, it is, they, again, they know themselves and they know how to curate and they know and they know what fits. And like, this is a Panic song through and through. So it, I love it. Uh, I'm not alone, Saint X, which is growing on me, and Hold an Oversoul. And then we get in a third set uh, New Year's Eve, Countdown, Odd Lang Sign, Waker into Arlene. And then pigeons, Greta. I'm so glad. Lily pilgrims, long cool woman into chilly water. Um, Harvey, you had some uh, observations, sort of, about the Greta. I'm so glad. I believe. Um,
2: did I? Well, I mean, they have like I saw somewhere, and um, I don't know if it was on. It was probably in Panic Stream that they called the the jam <clears throat> between those a uh, uh, zambi jam, and um, there's some pretty pretty cool interplay between between dave and jb singing the only thing i can assume are like lyrics to like old colonel bruce songs because they were just so bizarre and off the wall um but it was uh it was really unlike anything else that i'd ever heard panic do and it really did sound like uh you know just colonel bruce weirdness which is awesome um and i did want to also i wanted to get back to you know we talked we talked earlier uh, about um you know were you sad to see anything you know, were you sad to have missed anything and i would say that i am sad that i missed the for what it's worth i was really kind of hoping that that, that would show up in dc i figured like they did that last year i think it feels like a pretty good song to play in dc so I don't know if they're going to bring that back so soon um, for the DC run. So if I miss that, I'll be kind of bummed, but, but it's a great opener. I mean, it fits perfectly where, where it is on the new year's Eve. I just was, was bummed to see it there and not at the show I'm going to be at.
3: And then I did not mention the encore cause that is the section of the show that we are going to play um, here um, with I think again, Panic is is a band that has a lot of originals and it covers a lot of songs, but they also play a lot of songs by their friends, and it's all. I think it's a great, always a great thing to end mm-hmm. to end a show like this and to end a year like this or the one that just was with with your friends and everybody that was there. I'm sure loved it, and it was a great, and it sounds great on tape. And we're gonna close it out with. The encore from New Year's Eve 2018 getting started with the Danny and Eric classic end of the show followed up by three songs by the late great Vic Chestnut.
2: September thirty first, two thousand eighteen, the encore from the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia, ending the three night run. You heard uh, the Bloodkin classic, end of the show, and then three Vic Chestnut songs: Protein Drink into the very first ever only Bastards and in Bubbles into Sewing Machine, uh, three songs off of the Nine Higher Palette album from nineteen ninety five, um, which is really good record and one that i don't visit enough and occasionally a song will come in come on like a you know a playlist or a radio station or something that I'm listening to and and uh and i'm like man I need to i need to dig back into that because it is it's so good i love hauser sounds so good on that record
3: yes it's a it's a i i agree with you I haven't paid paid any time or spent any time with that record and a while, so um, and then it's a great. One.
2: It's so good. It's great songs and mm-hmm. and I you know I don't. I mean, I guess it was recorded probably in '94. '94, um, yeah. You know, and then released like summer '95, maybe. Um, you know, I don't think you can understate probably the impact that the those recording sessions, you know, and just the the interactions with Vic had on the band's. Songwriting on their playing, you know, I've that's that is a real sweet spot in the band's history for kind of going next level, um, you know, as far as live you know, live performances as well as, you know, songwriting, I think. So um it's a sort of um <clears throat> seminal moment in the history of the band, probably is the recording of the Nine High Palette. So it was cool to see them uh tipping their hat back to that.
3: All right. Well, thus brings our uh, episode seventy nine to a close. Uh, fitting to close out a close out a, a a an episode with how a band closed out their twenty eighteen. Harvey, do you have any closing thoughts on Panic in twenty eighteen? Because we probably listened to more Panic three point one uh, this year than at least I have than probably in the like prior two to four years combined. Um,
2: I, I would say there's without a doubt, I've listened to more, <clears throat> um, more panic in 2018 than I had probably listened to in the previous, like 10 years combined. Um, so I'm excited about the future. I mean, obviously, you know, um, I'm, we're, you know, I don't know that I'm, <laughs> I'm not back on the, bus but i'm definitely going to go see them when i can now and um and you know i think it's it's partially them and i think it's partially me too so um i'm you know at a place where you know uh it's going to novelty you know not novelty but you know i mean going revisiting old um things are are not a bad bad thing as you get a little bit older so um Yeah, I've got, I'm excited. I, and I think the new touring strategy probably uh, lends to some better performances for the band, too. So I think that's all good. As long as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that they can maintain that that level of uh, output, you know, which was... I mean, they played how many shows last year? Uh, like 35, 40 shows. So... I don't know if we'll get that many this this next year, but um, that's about what they did in 2017. Um, so I would expect that you'd probably see you know similar number, and I think that's a that's a good good spot for them.
3: Yeah, and I think you know the the a lot of the things that we both liked about the band I think are still good. JB uh, is still good. Schools is still good. Um, you know the interplay between the members, the segues are still strong. I think the set lifts are more creative than what they've probably ever been, um, which is great. Um, And I think the things that we, we that maybe aren't, we're not as sold on as a lot of other people are in terms of Jimmy and with regards to Dwayne, you more so than me when it comes to Dwayne, you know, I would say that those things are growing, growing on us. But like Mm -hmm. you said, there's occasionally reminders of like, Oh yeah, that's why. (laughs) Um, and that's okay you know that's okay i mean
1: because again
3: i think what we need to remember and we need to reinforce with everybody that's listening is like while we loved uh og panic a a fair amount and we've done 79 episodes most of which talk about that it was not without flaws they weren't perfect every time and there were things that frustrated us and things that we thought could have done they could have done better so it's not like we've 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 we're whitewashing the past, so to speak, um, but I do think that the band is fit into a groove. I think these event runs, these three nights in certain places, and they just announced another one in Durham, North Carolina, in mm-hmm. at the end of March. Like, I think that's the way to go for the band. I think it's a really wise way to do it. I think it can helps them stay energized and stay focused. It also gives JoJo and schools and jimmy and Dwayne time to do their side projects and things too yeah and
2: it's easier for the fans you know it makes it's easier, easier for, for the fans, fans too. too you know you yeah. got one target uh, you hit two or three runs you know uh, a year and you don't, you're not having to load up the load up the uh the vw bus and you know drive <laughs> all across the midwest for you know a week from wisconsin to iowa to kentucky
3: you only need to buy uh, enough uh, white bread and American cheese for three shows in a weekend as opposed to 15. Um, but anyway, well, hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Uh, we'll come back next week with uh, less dad talk and less hot takes. Um, and I think everybody will like it because we're going to go way back in time uh, for episode 80. So until then,
2: go get your uh, go get your Blue tape merch. Go to uh, our Facebook page and check out the, the T-shirt that we've got to help support the podcast. And um, um, yeah, so thanks for everybody for joining us. Tell your friends. Um, go on iTunes, rate the podcast, and uh, that helps other people find it. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for supporting. Osiris.
3: This podcast is In The Loop, the Legion of Osiris Podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at Relics.com.
0: Some bright blue steel
2: Um so Quincy's really into playing records on my record player. Oh. For whatever reason he's I guess he just thinks it's cool to see
3: uh-huh. you know,
2: which Pressy is great. Right? A,
3: yeah, Presley has a record or uh, a turntable in his room. Like a one of those Crosley things.
2: And um so like and he also really likes to shred paper. And so we've got a shredder <laughs> office right next to the record player, and so he'll be like, Can I go shred paper and listen to a record? And it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> so i'll pick out you know different stuff for him and so then <clears throat> well, this weekend i got uh the Almond brothers beginnings uh-huh. and and put it on and he was kind of rocking out to it and i was like you know this is one of your mom's favorite bands and he's like what are they called and i was like they're called the Almond brothers and he's like oh and he kind of smiled and so then later like that night we were at dinner and uh i was like quincy tell your mom what you listen to on the record player, and he's like, he kind of gave me a funny look. He's like, peanuts, <laughs> like, no, like almond brothers. <laughs> That's funny. So,
1: yeah. Nice.